This morning's reading is from James 1, 1 to 11. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. But ask in faith, never doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter, being double-minded and unstable in every way, must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Let the believer who is lowly boast in being raised up, and the rich in being brought low, because the rich will disappear like a flower in the field. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the field. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. It is the same way with the rich. In the midst of a busy life, they will wither away. We're calling this uh, talk this morning, The Pandemic Life is Hard. I think we would all agree with that as the Isolation and the lockdown carries on, separation, uh, anxiety. We were hoping this would be all behind us, but here it is still there. So we carry on in this first Sunday of the new year of uh, aware of a challenge and a pandemic and difficulties. And we can think that, you know, that's, that's you know, it's very unique, which it is obviously, but when we look at the scriptures, we find that uh, there's lots of discussion about trials as well, and, and James is a good uh, example of that. Because as James writes his book, James the Brother of Christ, writing some 30 years after um, the life of Jesus, he opens his epistle with a reference to trials. And so we have our trials. Well, James and the church in Jerusalem also had uh, their trials. And so I'm, I'm hoping that as we look at this book, uh, it will give us some wisdom as it's part of wisdom literature in the New Testament, that we might uh, hear what God has for us in these trials, our trials and the trials of James and the first century church in Jerusalem. So how to live our faith in our everyday world, that's really what James is writing about, how to live our faith in our everyday world. So we begin with the opening text. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, there we go, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Whenever you face trials, and the word trials there is a common one in the New Testament, refers to challenges, refers to obstacles, hurdles of any sort, can even refer to temptation. Uh, when we experience any of this stuff, James says, actually, consider it all joy. Wow, well, we hear that and we pause, and we'll bracket that for a moment, consider it all joy. But we do indeed experience trials, uh, even as James did. So they're there, 
He's not saying they are good in themselves. He's not saying hurrah for trials, but he's just recognizing that these trials are part of life. And then he goes on from that to say, consider it all joy. And the reason he talks about joy is that if we handle these trials, if we enter into them in a way that is useful, then they can enable us to grow, that they can be good for the development of our character, and that's really what James is saying. Trials are trials, but if we receive them as we can receive them in faith, then they can actually be opportunities for growth. Remember the word uh, opportunity or crises in Chinese has that element of opportunity to it, a crisis. And so what is the process then for James of dealing with these trials so that he can say, indeed, it is possibly joyful? And so we have three aspects that Paul, I mean, that James notes, and one is that uh, it, it encourages us in our faith that when we have trials, challenges, the idea, James is saying, is to recognize that we can't handle it all on our own, but that we can depend on God. So faith is trusting in God. It's living in trust rather than mistrust, as we've been saying. So we can lean on God, look to him. Don't quickly go to, you know, I'm a victim and everybody's out to get me, but to look to God, our creator, our sustainer, our provider, that he's there for us, look to him so that our faith indeed might grow. James, one of his great statements is that God is the giver of all good gifts, verse 17 of chapter one. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The father of lights is the, giver, is the giver, and he gives to us. So, faith. And then when we live in faith, James says that leads and can lead to endurance or patience. It's another word that can be described in a variety of ways. Patience, endurance, fortitude, strength. Hupipene has, has that sense that well-rounded development of growth. It's particularly used for athletes. <clears throat> athletes who really commit to a discipline to excel in their sport. Well, that's fortitude, that's endurance. And James is saying when we look in faith to God, it helps us to develop that perseverance, that strength, that endurance, that fortitude. James says that's a good thing. So we don't have to hold back, say the world's out to get me, but I can trust in God and hopefully grow in this way. And then the result of that, James says, is that it leads to fortitude, or I'm sorry, to maturity, to completeness. In the KJV, it talks about perfection, but it really means to become authentic, to become integrated in ourselves, balanced in ourselves, to become mature, to become a mature person, not always reacting to things, but to be able to hang in there, remain balanced. So James is putting all of that together. So can we enter into these times and season of trials, which surely we have right now, but, but in a way that enables us to be uh, 
solid, to be balanced. One, another image that James uses, he uses in our text here, is not to be bouncing around on the surface of a lake or the ocean like a cork, but to be balanced and in harmony with that so that we can move through, pass through the ocean instead of being torn about as if in a storm. So that's, that's where James begins. So trials, yes, but we can pass through them in a way that develops our faith, develops the characteristics of endurance and fortitude, pay, perseverance, so that we can remain balanced. So that's where James says. Of course, we can also do the opposite. We can just say, you know, this is crazy, and hole up in our house and become sad and, and, and negative. We, we can do that too. But that's not what James is speaking about in this text. So how do we handle a pandemic? Well, James gives us some suggestion here. And then he follows that up with uh, a desire for wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, we heard that in verse 17, and it will be given you. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, that's the Greek word Sophia. And the reality is, in the midst of trials and circumstances that are a bit crazy, we, we all want wisdom. We all need wisdom. And what James is saying is that God is the giver of wisdom. James 1.17, we can trust in God who gives generously and ungrudgingly. He gives us his wisdom, his Sophia. So that's where we, we, we carry on. If God is the giver, then that means we become the asker. And as we are the asker, it means that we go to God in a spirit of prayer. So we, we trust and we depend on God. In trials and now wisdom. It's interesting in the, in the Greek text in verse 5 in the NRSV, I believe in the NIV as well, it starts with if any. That, that's the tie, if any. But actually in the Greek text, it, it jumps out as a big but. You have trials, but look to God and seek the wisdom from God. That's, that's what James is saying. So yes, we need wisdom. We need help from God. And we now ask him as the giver of good gifts, and we ask him that he will give us wisdom in this situation, in your circumstances, right here, right now, Weston, first Sunday of 20. Second Sunday of 21. God gives. And then he says, but, but we're to look to God in faith. Don't be two-faced. See that uh, in verse 8. Don't be double-minded. It, it actually means two-souled. That's literally what it means. Two-souled. Two hearts. The Jewish tradition in the Old Testament, that there's the thought that the human has two hearts, and you have a, a good heart and a bad heart. And so this carry-on of being two-souled means unbalanced. So don't be double-minded. So it's, the word's only used twice, and both times here in James. Again, we see it in James 4, 8. Don't be double-souled, double-minded, but entrust and depend and lean on him. And again, a, an example like a wave. A wave, verse 6, being unstable restless, unsettled. That's, that's not how we go to God and ask. We go to him with a sense of 
of trust in God. And so, as Kierkegaard says, we will one thing. We will one thing rather than being double-minded. And as we do that, indeed, we will understand and receive God's wisdom. Tillichie uses the phrase, to get in the clear with God. I like that. We can get to the point where we are in the clear with God. We trust, we lean, and we have the single-minded focus on who God is in the midst of the circumstances that we live within. To know God's wisdom, to know God's Sophia. And of course, Sophia, in this sense, is not IQ. It doesn't mean that you have an IQ of 140 or more, you know, that you're a genius. It has nothing to do with that. The wisdom that James is talking about is, is wisdom for daily living. You can be a genius and be totally messed up in how you live your life. We have examples of that, so we hear. Wisdom in how we live our day-to-day, -day, how we experience our day-to-day, -day, how we go through this pandemic, how we respond as a church community, how you respond as a family. What is wisdom in this situation? That's the kind of wisdom that James is speaking about. So yeah, there are trials. But within the trials, we have opportunities to grow. And particularly, James says, if we go to God as the giver of wisdom, he will give us wisdom. So we pray. We ask. That's the direction that James is, is speaking. It's, it's, it's very practical. We need help. God will help us. And then he ends with this third piece, which, which can seem a bit strange, but for James, this issue of wealth and of money is a, is a big issue. He comes back to it over and over. A lot of teaching in James about money and wealth. Because he's saying, essentially, um, that money is not the answer for everything. We might think that in our day. If I just have enough money, then that will get me through this pandemic and I'll, and I'll be okay. James saying it doesn't work that way. Rather, we are to keep going to God in a sense of humility and trust and dependence. And he uses this theme of the reversal of fortune. Let the believer who is lowly boast in being raised up and the rich in being brought low, because the rich will disappear like a flower in the field, verses 9 and 10. To trust and lean on God with a humble heart rather than going to this position of being proud and I can handle it all myself. James says that's not the case, and he uses this example of money as an example of trusting and depending on God. Mary, of course, is a, a great example in terms of her Magnificat. She says, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. One of the nativity canticles from Mary. So to keep trusting, to keep leaning on God. God, do your work in me. And then right in the text, James cites Isaiah chapter 40 and talks about the flowers of the field and how they come and how they fade. No, verse seven or 11. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the field. Its flowers fall and its beauty perishes. It is the same with the rich. In the midst of a busy life, they will wither away. James uses this text from Isaiah chapter 40 
verses 6 and 7. And he says the flowers of the field look so beautiful, but they're just there and they're gone. That's a, that's a popular image in the New Testament. Peter uses the very same piece, 1 Peter 1. See how the flowers are? They're beautiful, they fade away. He says the rich and those who are caught up in themselves, the same thing, they can look beautiful for a little while and then they fade away. That's just the reality of life. And what that means is keep trusting in God, depending on God. Don't get caught up in your own ego and and how great you are, that, that's the wrong direction, James is saying. And trusting and depending and leaning all on money and all your own resources just drives you down those tracks. That's not the way to go. And indeed, all the freneticism that we carry, James is saying, is finally pointless. It, it won't achieve anything. No, it is the same with the rich. In the midst of a busy life, they will wither away. Busy life is the Greek word poreus, which we get the word pursuits from. So all of our busyness, all of our pursuits, all of the things we want to do, that's okay. We want to do them, but don't make that your center because whether they happen or not, at the end of the day, they don't mean very much, James is saying. So keep our focus on what's really important. Stay connected to God. Keep our priorities straight. So trials, as we sum up, yes, they're part of our life. They're part of your life, my life. We don't want them, but we have to get through them. And, but we can get through them in a way that is positive and is productive for ourselves, where our character continues to grow. James says, secondly, if you want wisdom, everyday wisdom, and go to God, lean on God, he will give it. He's generous. He wants us to be successful in how we live our lives from day to day, whatever the circumstances. And then thirdly, to live humbly before our God. Mary's a great example. Jesus is a great example. To live in gentleness, to live in meekness, to live in trust, to continue to look to God. Not get caught up in all the games of comparing ourselves and competing with others. Trust and depend and lean on God so that we get through the trials. So that we can keep growing through them, whatever they might be. First century Palestine under the Roman eagle, was, they were tough times. But James says we can stay on track. Look to God, look to Jesus as our friend and our Savior, he is with us in this new year of 2021. He will enable us to get through the pandemic. We do it as we continue to look to God, Jesus as our friend, walking with us, our companion. May we look to him, hold his hands, and we say these things in Jesus' name.